Good morning, everybody. Wishing everybody a Tsom Kal, an easy fast on this day, the 17th of Tammuz. Today is Shmuel Bet Peret Gimel, chapter 3 of the second book of Shmuel. Our major story in today's chapter is Avner's falling out with Ishboshet, the son and presumptive heir of Shaul. Avner coming over to the side of David, sealing with him a pact whose contents we don't really know the details of, but that Avner will recognise David as king, and that Avner will presumably also hold some new significant rank in David's court. And the rebellion against this move by David's strongman, Yoav, who against, without the knowledge and against the wishes of David, takes Avner aside at the gates of the city of Hebron and kills him there in revenge for the death of his brother Asahel at Avner's hand. David's response to this murder, publicly furious with Yoav and his brothers, mourning Avner, proclaiming him a great man, saying that a great warrior in Israel has fallen on this day, proclaiming publicly that he had nothing to do with the spilling of Avner's blood, and saying as follows, Sal Gadol Nafal Hayom Hazeb Yisrael, a great man fell in Israel today, this is verse 38 and 39, I am soft, I am weak on this day as a king. These men, the sons of Tzerua, Yoav and his brothers, are tougher than I. May God pay them for their evil on this day. We get an insight here into the nature of the relationship between David and his strongest, most important supporters, Yoav ben Tzeruya and his brothers, but a relationship in which Yoav and his brothers feel the ability to act against David's wishes in their own interests, but perhaps also as they see it in David's interests, that bringing on Avner would be a dangerous move. This is an important sort of a interaction for us to bear in mind as we move along. Nevertheless, I actually want to focus on an episode at the beginning of the chapter. We are told at the beginning of the chapter that David, now reigning in Hebron, has had many children through many wives. Let's quickly go through them. Who are the wives? There is his first wife, Ahinoam. After this, there is Abigail, the former wife of Naval. And then there is a woman called Ma'acha Bat Talmi, Melech Gashur, the Ma'acha, the daughter of the king of Gashur. Then there is a wife called Chagit. And finally, pardon me, then there is a wife called Abital, number five. Number six, there is a wife called Egla. David has found time to have now six wives in Hebron. We might perhaps be 
reminded of the verse in Devarim that a king shall not have too many wives. Each of these wives has borne him children. There is Amnon, the firstborn son of Achinoam. There is Chilav, the son of Abigail. There is Avshalom, the son of Ma'acha. There is Adoniah, the son of Chagit. There is Shafatiah, the son of Avital. There is Yitraam, the son of Egla. This is an extremely useful few verses for us to be able to reference back to understand who David's children are going to be. And as we are going to see, many of these children, most importantly Amnon and Avshalom and Adoniah, are going to behave in ways which will hugely challenge David and his kingship in very disturbing ways, whether they... Uh, commit terrible acts of rape, whether they rebel against their father in trying to seize the kingship as well, and all of this before even Shlomo is born, the son who will actually become king after David. But perhaps the most powerful verses in this chapter come immediately after this, and that is that although David has six wives listed here. Nevertheless, there is one woman who he really wants, and that is Michal Bat Shaul. Michal, who had originally been promised to David, who appeared to be his first love, who David had fulfilled Shaul's demand of killing a hundred plishtim, but then Shaul had given her away instead to Paltiel ben Laish after she had helped David to escape. And now David says to Ishboshet and to Avner, Tna et ishti et Michal, verse 14, Give me my wife Michal, asher erastili b'mea arlot plishtim, who I engaged with a hundred Philistine foreskins. Why is it that David wants Michal. Does he remember his young love for her? Or is there perhaps some other motive? According to the Malbim, with Michal by his side, Yesh gam mitzad Shaul, he shall have the right or the merit to the kingship, not only on his own terms, his own right, but also on this right of the house of Shaul. Michal gives David the connection to the house of Shaul. The problem is that David, sorry, that Michal has already married someone else. Paltiel ben Laish. What do we know of this Paltiel ben Laish? Very little, except that when Michal is sent back to David, her husband, Paltiel, walks with her. All the way, haloch uvacho, walking and crying, achareha, ad bachurim, until they get to a place called bachurim, vayome elav avner lech shuv vayashov. Avner tells him to go back, and he does. This is the last that we see of Paltiel. 
It's hard to read. It's so painful. Here is a woman who seems to have married again, perhaps a peaceful domestic life, who sees her husband, father of her children, being torn away from her. He walks with her crying in order that David can have the political benefits of the marriage to Michal associating him with the house of Shaul. This is a prime example of a theme that we see multiple times in the book of Shmuel, where ends become means. Something which is supposed to be an end in itself, in other words, love, turns into a means of keeping political power for David. And we saw Shaul do exactly the same thing earlier to Michal and David, where in their original love for one another, Shaul had used that love as a means to getting David out of the way by forcing him into a position against the Plishtim, which he thought he would lose. Love, which should be an ends, becomes simply a political means, and David, who was previously the victim of this, is now the person who orchestrates this. Paltiel has turned back at a place called Bachurim. Many chapters later, about 13 chapters later, David is going to be facing a rebellion from his son of Shalom. As he passes, as he retreats, flees, he passes Bachurim. And at this place, a man called Shimi ben Geira is going to emerge. Shimi ben Geira, a from the tribe of Binyamin, connected to the house of Shaul, he is going to be cursing David, and he is going to be throwing stones at David. Said my teacher once, Rav Amnon Bazak, that there is a midrash which says that the tears of Paltiel ben Laish fell to the ground and each one turned into a stone. And these were the stones that years later Shimi ben Geira would pick up and would hurl at David. In other words, that David will be punished. He will suffer at the hands of Shimi ben Geira at the time of Avshalom's rebellion for the cruelty with which he treated Michal and Paltiel. Rapazak then added that the only problem with this Midrash is that it does not exist and that he made it up. Nevertheless, the Midrash which he made up expresses Omet Kapshat, the deep meaning of the chapter. When means become ends, when ends become means, when love becomes a political tool, one of the deep, profound messages of the book of Shmuel, wishing everybody a Tzomkal.